Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 633, looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Traitor passage. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul sending this letter to encourage the church. He had a bit of doctrine where he talked about salvation for the Gentiles. Then in chapters 4 through 6, he's dealing with practical applications. He's bringing things to a close now. He's talked about ethical concerns and how best to have relationships within the family. Now he's talking about how to live as followers of Christ. So verse 10, he says, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Now a lot of this language really is kind of picked out of the Old Testament. The idea of being strengthened by the Lord. Several times we see servants of God in the Old Testament being strengthened by the Lord. And Paul's using that kind of language that God will give you the strength because God has all this strength available to him. Verse 11, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, full armor is a single word in the Greek, panoplia, and it just means that full armor. So it's a He would be talking about partial armor. It's the full armor, the full equipment necessary. And it's the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Notice who we see here, God and the devil. Now, we don't want to fall into this trap of thinking that you have God, which is the force of good, the devil, which is the force of bad, and there's the co-equal forces battling against each other. The devil is a created being and is under the control of God. However, God has released him, given him a certain amount of latitude in his, within God's plan, and, and the devil's running amok, doing bad things. The devil opposes God's plan only to the extent that God allows him. But notice the goal of all this is so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. And the good news is it's the armor of God, who's way more powerful than the devil. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. Now you can try and define each one of these, but there's so much overlap in actual definitions. As we've seen several times in in many of Paul's writings, he talks about rulers and principalities, rulers and authorities. He's talking about spiritual issues. And that's the same thing here. He's talking about spiritual issues. He opens with says, 
Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, meaning he's not talking people. He's talking a spiritual realm. And he just said the schemes of the devil. And he amplifies that. Because we're not struggling against people. We're struggling against the schemes of the devil. Against these spiritual forces of evil. So the spiritual forces in the heavens. That's not speaking of heaven, the abode of God. It's speaking of the heavens. As in like the domain of the air. Rulers, authorities, cosmic powers of this darkness, the evil spiritual forces of the heavens, all that's speaking of spiritual issues. So he's talking about spiritual things here. Verse 13, for this reason, because he's talking about spiritual things, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and have prepared everything to take your stand. So notice the goal here is for you to be able to withstand these spiritual attacks. Verse 14, stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist. Now again, he's picking some Old Testament language here. In Isaiah 11:5, Isaiah talks about righteousness will be like a belt around his hips, faithfulness a belt around his waist. So this idea of a belt is in Isaiah Continues verse 14, righteousness like armor on your chest. This is from Isaiah 59, 17. In Isaiah 59, 17, we see he put on righteousness as body armor and a helmet of salvation on his head. Now there, the one wearing this is the Lord. God is the one wearing this armor. Wait, Paul uses that kind of language and says, don't you get this armor now, but it's God's armor that you get. Now verse 15, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. That's where we're supposed to take the gospel to the world and go with your feet and have the proper footwear to take the gospel. Verse 16, in every situation take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And 17, take the helmet of salvation. That's that imagery from Isaiah 59 again. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In Isaiah 49, 2, we read, He made my words like a sharp sword. So Paul's using a lot of the imagery of Isaiah here in talking about this armor of God. Now you can analyze each one of these things. That's a good exercise to do. But stepping back and just getting the big picture on this, this really takes us to the subject of spiritual warfare. And there's a lot of confusion about spiritual warfare. If you if you want to study it more deeply, I really recommend anything written by Chuck Lawless. He's written several books on the subject of spiritual warfare. So before we dive into it, let's step back and get the big picture here. What is Satan's goal in all this? We see in verse 11 that he's standing against the schemes of the devil. So what is the devil scheming? What's he up to and why? Well, we see Satan, the issue there is jealousy. The issue there is he's been cast out from God. He's the head of the fallen angels. His goal is to thwart God's plan. His goal is to disrupt and distract the church. That is Satan's plan. That's what he's up to. So when we talk about spiritual warfare, 
we talk about spiritual attack. So often people are saying things like, everything bad is happening to me. My, uh, my stove conked out, my car had a flat tire, and uh, all these terrible things are happening to me. I'm under spiritual attack. Probably not. What is Satan's goal? His goal is not to make you unhappy. His goal is not to make you miserable. If you're not serving the Lord, he doesn't care whether you're happy or miserable. He wants you not serving God. And so the purpose of a spiritual attack is to cause you to not serve the Lord, to distract you from following Christ. That is the purpose of a spiritual attack. It's not to make you unhappy. And that goes along with a misunderstanding of even God's purposes, because too often people think, well, God's purposes are for me to be happy. Therefore, Satan's purposes are for me to be unhappy. Well, you can't read Paul's letters and say, well, Paul must have been out of step with God because there's a lot of things that happened in Paul's life that made him unhappy. A lot of bad things happened to him. God's ultimate goal is not for us to be happy. It's not that God's goal is for us to be unhappy, but God's goal is for his plan, for his glory, for his kingdom. And we can be very happy serving the Lord, but that's not his goal is for us to be happy. So Satan's goal is not for us to be unhappy. Satan's goal is for us to be distracted and for our service to be disrupted from serving God. We live in this fallen world. Bad things happen to people because we live in a sinful fallen world. So every bad thing that happens to you is not a spiritual issue. Satan causing trouble for you. The goal of a spiritual attack is to disrupt your service to God. Now all the things that Paul lists here are the things that God has done and provided to equip us to withstand a spiritual attack that we're told to take our stand and not be moved from taking that stand for God. We're told to cling to truth and depend on righteousness and be eager with the gospel, to be strong in faith. And faith just means trusting God and trusting that God is the one who will deflect the arrows from the evil one and the helmet of salvation. So we talk about the relationship we have with God, the trust in God to deal with these spiritual attacks. And finally, the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God, the Bible. The goal of a spiritual attack is to cause you to disobey God. So if you depend on the things that Paul mentions here and continue to obey God, then the spiritual attack has failed. So I don't know if it's a spiritual attack or not. Well, sometimes you don't, and really it shouldn't matter because you should be obeying God whether it's a spiritual attack or not. So if there's something pushing you to disobey God, it might be a spiritual attack. If so, then you continue to obey God and the attack has failed. If it wasn't, well, you obey God anyway. So the, the goal is not so much to analyze the spiritual attack. The goal is to trust God, depend on God, continue to serve God, continue to represent God, continue to trust God and obey God. That's the goal of spiritual attacks. And the way to defeat it is to just continue to obey and trust. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time. So continue working through Ephesians.